Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. This is lesson three in the series Church in the Wild. And this is an incredible series. You know what? It's really important what we do inside the four walls and what we're doing now. But you know what's even more important or as important, I should say, is what you do Monday through Friday out there in the wild. And that's what this series is about. And this particular lesson is about how God wants to prepare us or grow us Monday through Friday out in the wild. And it's very important for our growth. And he grows us inside the four walls too. There's going to be growth right now as you listen to this message. But there's a growth that can only happen, certain level of growth out there in the wild. And that's what we're going to talk about. And I love this scripture. I don't hardly ever read the voice translation, but listen to what this scripture says, Ephesians 5.1. We come to God as sinners, but he wants to transform our habits, attitudes, and practices into the ways of Jesus to live, forgive, and love as he did. And that is just an amazing translation of the Greek language there for that scripture. And you know what it's saying is God wants to grow us to where we begin to live and act like him. Obviously here at Believers, one of our core values is no perfect people allowed, so we'll never be perfected, but he wants to make us and grow us to become more and more like Jesus. And it's interesting, our growth is connected to our troubles. Isn't that amazing? Our growth is connected to our our storms that we walk through. Now, God doesn't bring them, and I'm gonna make sure you understand that uh, as we go through this message, but he knew they would be here and he knew you and I would have to walk through them. And I often thought, how cool would it have been? I accepted Jesus at 19, that after I prayed and said, Jesus, I repent of all my sins. I make a decision to follow you. And I said, amen, and boom, he would have taken me to heaven. That would have been cool. My family probably wouldn't appreciate it, right? But it would have been really cool. But guess what? God knew we had to stay here. He knew we had a purpose that he'd place into our lives. And he wants to use us to fulfill his purpose on planet earth. And he has plans for you but he also knew we'd be walking through troubled times. And I'm gonna open up with one of the toughest times, well, the toughest time I've ever walked through. And I've shared it a couple times before, but I really believe you're gonna hear some things you've never heard before. So listen up. And if you're newer here, uh, maybe the first time you're hearing it, this happened about 11 years ago. We went through what's called a church split and they're no fun. I highly recommend you don't go through one if you're a pastor, but we did. And, uh, I wanna make sure you know what it wasn't for. It wasn't because of anything I did wrong financially. Our finances are impeccable as a church. We have a board of trustees and they they plan all that out. They they, they make my salary, you know, they decide my salary, everybody's salaries, they oversee all the money. So I don't touch any money. It wasn't a money issue. Uh, and it wasn't a moral issue. Uh, I've, I've had no moral issues whatsoever. But you know what churches, have problems over and split over more than anything. It's usually doctrine. And about 20 years into being a church, I was looking at our church and we were doing so many things well, but our growth was coming from almost 99% transfer growth. That means people leave other churches and come to your church. They already know Jesus. Now that has to happen and it will happen and that's not bad. And sometimes God leads people to go to another place. So that's all cool. But we weren't bringing people 
from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, Jesus followers, we weren't creating them. Now we would go out on the streets, knock on doors, and we'd bring a lot of people to Christ. We'd bring a lot to Christ on missions field, but we weren't bringing them in. They weren't becoming part of the church. And I was so bothered by it. And I, I just remember praying for over a year and just saying, God, what, what can we do different? And God gave me some adjustments. I made these slight adjustments and, and that's what caused our church split. I just began to do some things differently. And as I look back, maybe I could have explained things better. I don't know, probably could have, but it, it just caused a split. And so I'm not blaming anybody, but church splits bring other pressures. So uh, first year our finances tanked. And I rem remember uh, we were had in, in the hole over $250,000 and I'm looking at these numbers. And then you have to let employees go. And then when you let an employee go, they, they go and their family and their friends go. And so it was just this snowball rolling down a hill and it took about three years and we lost about 700 people. And I remember right around the three-year mark, I, I wrote a letter of resignation. I gave it to our board of trustees at the time and I said, I'm leaving. And I thought they'd say, yay, finally, because I was sure I was the problem. So I thought, yeah, they're going to be excited. They looked at me and said, no, we don't want you to go. And I was like shocked. I said, you sure? Because if I leave, the, the problem goes. Everybody seems to be mad at me. And, and, and so they said, would you please pray about it? And I said, sure, I'll pray about it. So I had a mentor and, and I had told him I was gonna resign. And then I said, I wanna plant a church in Chicago. That's my wife's hometown. So I gave the board my resignation and I, I set a week aside to go to Chicago and he hooked me up with two pastors and, and uh, two largest churches in uh, in Chicago, and one was past our bishop, Horace Smith, and, and he had this huge church, and he wanted to take me to dinner, so he takes me to dinner, then he takes me down to his church, 5,000-seat auditorium, and, and he, says, uh, he, he says, Joe, I want to help you. Anything you need, I'll help you, and the other church said the same thing to, to me, so I've got these two, the big, two biggest churches in Chicago wanting to help me, and, and then... Uh, I come back home and then we had a vacation planned. So two weeks later, we're actually on vacation in Chicago. I'm at my fa father-in-law's house and I just walked to a park that was close by and I'm sitting there. And you know how in lesson two, we talked about, you know, the, the, the Holy Spirit leading us in the wilderness and chasing the wild goose. And I talked to you about the inner voice, how God sometimes will speak, not through these ears, but here and give you direction. And so that might happen to me once every two years, and it doesn't happen a lot, but it happened. And you know, God will speak to us all day long. You understand that. He'll speak all day long, and he'll bring scriptures up and exhort us with scriptures. But when it comes to directing your life, that doesn't help it happen to me a lot. And I'm in that park, and I heard God speak these words, not through these ears, but in here. And he said, I don't want you to leave the valley. Yeah. He said, you must go back. I have a call and a purpose for you there. And I remember just, I heard that and I said, God, I can't. I just need to escape. The pressure's too much. And then I remember God just ministering to me and speaking to my heart and saying, that's because you're not doing the right things. I'm sending you back. You tell the board you don't want to resign. And the people didn't know all that was going on. He says, and I will use you to my glory. He said, you can walk through this. And I, and, and I thought, there's no way I can do it. But then I came back 
And God began to open my eyes up to some principles I want to show you. So your problems may not be that big, but some of you have even bigger problems, you know. Uh, You're dealing with some major crisis in your life, and maybe your business is struggling and it's going to go bankrupt. Uh, Maybe you're going through a relationship breakup. I don't know what it is. COVID-19 brought a lot of interesting problems in all of our lives, right? So it it doesn't have to be huge, but any problem, these principles will work. So I always have a big idea. This is my big idea for this lesson, guys. And this is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. It goes like this. God wants to grow us when troubles surround us. He doesn't bring them, but that's a time where we can grow in a certain way that we can never grow within the four walls. But the four walls are important for our growth. What's happening right now is important for your growth. And uh, all the other things are important for your growth. But man, there's a certain level of growth that cannot come until we're walking through a tough time. And But whenever I talk about this, I have to be very careful to make sure everybody understands, because there's always new people, that God isn't the one bringing hard times or trouble into your life. And I want to show you where trouble comes from. And I know right now there's some, you know, ministers that are saying God's judging America with COVID-19. Some of you may believe that, but you know what? He will judge the nations and he will judge uh, non-Christians and everyone's going to have to one day be judged. But right now we're living in what's called the age of grace or the church age. And I want to show you where this came from and where other things come from. So here's where all the bad things in our life come from. You ready? Bad things come from our enemy. That's pretty obvious, right? We call him the devil, Satan, whatever you want to call him. Some people don't believe he exists. He's a spirit. You can't see him with these eyes. The apostle Paul said, he put one of his top ranking guys on me. He called him a messenger of Satan. And he said, he buffeted me. That means over and over, it's in the continuous tense, over and over, he brought one problem into my life after another. He would stir people up to attack Paul, made made, uh, a storm come. So Paul's ship was wrecked. And Paul said, I went to God over and over. And I said, God, get this, these problems off me. And God said, listen, I can't take you out of trouble. That's what's on the earth, Paul. And then you have a special call and the enemy's trying to take you out. But here's what I can do. My grace is sufficient. And and it goes on to say, the more trouble you're in, the more God's grace wants to come out of your life. He wants to grow you more. So he's not causing it, but our enemy does. You know what else our enemy does? He will tempt us when we're being tested. And, And that's what was happening with me. He's talking in my head, nobody loves you. You're the problem. Get out of here. Resign. Go to Chicago. And, and, He's testing us or tempting us every time we're being tested. So that's the enemy. And guys, get a hold of this. Bad things come from a broken earth. And that's pretty simple, right? We have earthquakes and tornadoes and forest fires, COVID-19. That's a virus, right? And I don't know if someone purposely did it. I don't know if it was a mistake. Hopefully they'll find all that out someday, but it's a virus, guys, right? And, 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 and that is from a broken earth. Romans chapter eight teaches us that when Adam and Eve sinned, the earth began to die and all of creation is groaning, it's dying. But guess what? The earth will be here when Jesus returns, so you don't have to worry. Okay, bad things also come from bad choices. 
And I'll tell you what, I've made a lot of bad choices in my life that's caused a lot of problems. And I'm sure all of us do that, right? So bad choices bring problems in our life. And then here's one more, bad people. And there are bad people at every level, right? Sometimes you're in a relationship with someone that wrongs you, so they're kind of bad, right? But then there's really bad people and they cause all kind of trouble. And then one more, and we're all included in this last one, imperfect people. And so me, myself, as an imperfect human being, I've caused Gina lots of heartaches and I bit her head off at times and I've, you know, reacted the wrong way with other people. And yeah, we're imperfect, right? Some people look at their phone and get in car accidents, imperfect people, you know? Uh, So that's where all the trouble comes, guys. And you know what God wants to do? He wants to help you in it and he wants to grow you in it. And here's a cool text. Listen listen to this, 2 Corinthians 1.8. I think you ought to know, dear brothers, about the hard time we went through in Asia. This is when he was, one time when he was being buffeted over and over. Uh, We were really crushed and overwhelmed and feared we would never live through it. So it's that bad. He thought this thing's gonna kill me. And, And then listen to the next verse. Verse nine says, we felt we were doomed to die and saw how powerless we were to help ourselves. So he said, in and of our own strength, we could not get out of this. And, and I know all of us feel that way sometimes, right? Listen to this, but, but that was good. For then we put everything into the hands of God who alone could save us for he can even raise the dead. I hear a lot of stories from missionaries about the dead being raised. I've never witness anyone being raised from the dead, but that's amazing. Think about if they've been dead three years and their bodies, de- or three days, and their bodies decaying, and, and then God raised them. That's powerful. That's the most difficult thing to do ever, and God can do that. And so he said, I came to a place in my life where I said, you know what? I've got to trust God as I walk through this. And, and he was trying to do it all on his own and he came to its wit's end. And, and that's what you and I need to do. That's what God's meant when he said, my grace is sufficient for you. Then listen to this, verse 10. And he did help us and saved us from a terrible death. Yes, and we expect him to do it again and again. And so he's saying, God came through. And you know what? God saved us too. I remember uh, three years in a row, we had lots of red ink lots of red ink, but then God would work these miracles. And, and we're still here and we're stronger than we've ever been. God works miracles, right? And, and God walked me through it. I'm gonna show you what I had to do to get through it without going crazy or having a nervous breakdown, because that's possible, right? So I'm gonna read a scripture out of James. All of us know it, most of us do, I should say. If you've been around, many of you can quote it, but I wanna ask you to really give me your attention because I really believe God wants to open your eyes up further. I taught from it, but I didn't understand it like I do now. And when I was going through all that big trouble I talked about, I didn't understand it like I do now. So listen to this, James 1, verse 2. Consider it pure joy. The Message Bible says a sheer gift, and I made sure you could see that on your screen. He says, consider it a sheer gift. My brothers and sisters, fellow Christians, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Isn't that amazing? Think about what's being said here. Uh, I never pray for trouble, so I wanna encourage you, never pray for trouble, right? I don't say, God, give me more trouble, because it's a sheer gift. No, no, don't pray for trouble. I don't want any more trouble, but I know I live here on the earth, and it's gonna come, it's gonna come. But God says, I need you to change your perspective. 
how you look at trouble. And I was looking at that all the wrong way. And that's why I just wanted to resign. I couldn't see it from God's eyes. And he says, Joe, no matter what you walk through, it's a gift. It's, God's not giving it to you, but it's an opportunity for something really amazing. And if we could see it from that perspective and not, not pray for it, I don't want any more trouble than I have. I don't want any new trouble, but I know it's gonna come. But listen to the next verse, guys, verses three and four. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. And I wanna ask you a question right now. Do you know that? Do you know it? I'm gonna say some of you don't, many of you do. Notice again, the testing of your faith produces perseverance. The word faith there is not talking about the faith that you have to move mountains. It's talking about your belief in Jesus. And every time we go through tests and trials, our basic belief that Jesus is Lord and Savior and he loves us is being tested. It's always being tested. It was being tested in me where I just said, God, I don't know why you didn't show up. I don't know why this is going on, but I'm running. I'm running for Chicago. I'm gonna get over there to Chicago, have some Chicago pizza or something, right? And I just wanted to run and get out of the pressure. But then notice what he says. He says this, uh, it produces perseverance. Perseverance is your ability to stand up under trouble. Just stand up under it, and it doesn't crush you. And that has to be developed. That's an internal growth, internal spiritual growth. Listen to how he finishes out. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This is not external blessings, although God wants to bless you externally. This is all internal. This is spiritual growth. Take a look at that verse again on your screen. That's spiritual growth. He's talking about you becoming complete. And when I began to work these principles, it was amazing the spiritual growth that happened inside me, the rough edges that were knocked off me. They, they would never go in good times. But man, it was an opportunity when I worked the principles I'm gonna show you in a moment for God to complete me and to grow me. Not perfected yet, still growing, but more mature than I was. And that's what God will do for us if we do the right thing when we're going through trouble. Remember, God wants to grow us when troubles surround us. So here's a bonus scripture. I like this so much, I had to add it. It's 1 Peter 4.12. Listen to it, guys. Friends, when life gets really difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that God isn't on the job. And, and I had done that in my mind, like, God, I know you didn't cost it, but why did you let it happen? And why aren't you making it quit? It's gone on too long. I want it to quit, right? And, and he says, don't jump to the conclusion that God's not on the job. You know what God's wanting to do? Grow you spiritually and give you grace to walk through it and deliver you from it. And, and so listen to the next verse. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. Remember Jesus said, in, in this world you will have tribulation, but be a good cheer, I have overcome. He went through trials and tribulation, not just at the cross. He was persecuted all the way through. He had life's problems all the way through. And he had to grow up as a kid too. So he had his mom and dad. Here's Jesus. He always existed. The, the creator of the universe, he comes in a human body. And then he had to listen to Mary and Joseph till he was old enough. And he, you know what? He walked through the whole thing. They asked him to clean his room. He had to clean his room, all those things, right? Now, now guys, listen, listen to this. Instead, be glad that you are in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process with glory just around the quarter. That's when we go to heaven. But notice, this is a spiritual refining process. And um, 
I think the second week of this COVID thing, uh, we did our Thursday night live and I was on with my son, Joe, Joe Jr. And Joe shared this incredible uh, analogy and, and I, I, can't, I couldn't forget it. I'm gonna share it here. It's so powerful. It has to do with a silversmith and uh, when they take silver out of the ground, they have to purify it. So there's a process and, and they, they put it into a bowl or whatever, you know, uh, and, and they heat it and it begins to bubble and, and then impurities come to the top. They call it dross, and then they just scrape them off. But you know what else they have to do? Then they have to allow it to cool. It becomes completely cool, and then the next day they heat it up again, and then more impurities come up, and then they remove the dross. And this process goes on for days and days, and it just keeps going on, and you'd think the impurities would all come out the first time, but they don't. And guys, guess what happens? The silversmith knows it's complete when he looks at the cold silver and he can see his face like he's looking in a mirror. All the impurities are gone and it's pure silver. And man, think about the picture. That's what he's talking about. It's a spiritual refining process. Here's what God's saying. The troubles in our life are like silver on a fire. And one of the things God wants to do is grow us. He'll knock all the bad things out of us. He'll grow us. He'll give us grace to walk through it. And he also wants to get us out of it. So you're listening. You're saying, okay, okay, what did you learn? What did you come back and do? What enabled you to get through it and be a happy guy and not be bitter and not shoot anybody? What did you do? So here it is, guys, two things. You ready? Uh, fill up. <laughs> I, had, I wasn't doing this at a high level. I was teaching every week, but I wasn't doing this and I didn't realize I needed to. And I was like shell-shocked. You know what that means? Like if someone, a soldier, a bomb goes off near them and they're just after the bomb, it didn't kill them, but they're like, where am I? You know, that's how I was for a while. Okay, l- listen, uh, you need to fill up when you're tested in the wilderness. Uh, and that means uh, your Devo. It's just, you have to up your Devo time. It's really important. Um, for all of you that strength train, and we all do it different, uh, at this stage of my life, I like to use dumbbells and you work your muscles out. You always are hungrier those days and you need more fuel, right? Because your muscles are, have more resistance and they need to grow. And when you're going through trouble, you need to up your spiritual feeding. You have to do it or you will not grow. And so uh, listen to what Jesus did. I think this is amazing. Luke 5, 15. Uh, yet the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. So this is one of the good times, not even a bad time, but I want to show you the next verse in a moment. But think about this. Jesus is the son of God. He always existed, right? And then God's plan was for him to come inside a human body. So the son of God came into a human body and, and now he's in a human body. And guess what? Because he was in a human body, the creator of the universe, he was connected to human emotions and all our human soul type things. He knew that he had to feed himself to keep his soul and his body in a place where it wasn't in despair. And and so understand, he was the son of God in a human body. Listen to the very next verse, verse 16. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. I think it's fascinating that he prayed after success and he prayed when he was being uh, persecuted. And this is just his devo time. That's what prayer there is referring to. It was his devotional time. He meditated on scriptures. He read scriptures. And so I had to come back and I had to realize I needed more fuel than ever, spiritual fuel. So I upped my devo time and it was amazing. And here's a cool scripture out of Colossians. Listen to this, Colossians 2.6. And now just as you trusted Christ to save you, 
Trust him too for each day's problems. Isn't that cool? Live in vital union with him. So I trusted him to wash my sins away, and there were a ton of them. <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, I didn't think you can do that. But he did. And, and, and now he's saying, Joe, whatever trouble you go through, he's saying to you, whatever trouble you go through, I need you to trust me just like you trusted me to save you. And, and I need you to get closer to me because I'll give you things and strength and energy to walk through it. Listen to the next verse. Verse seven, let your roots grow down into him and draw up nourishment from him. See that you go on growing in the Lord and become strong and vigorous in the truth you were taught. Let your lives overflow with joy and thanksgiving for all he has done. We'll talk about joy and thanksgiving in a moment. But you see what he's talking about? Listen, I don't know where you're at with God and your spiritual growth, and all of us are at different places, but wherever you're at, when trouble hits your life, you need to take it up a notch. You, you need to read a little more. You need to listen to worship music a little more. You need to get to church more often, and God will give you nourishment that helps you do the next thing because the next thing was the most difficult thing I've ever done ever in my life. It was hard. And I taught about it, but I, I, I didn't do it through this crisis the first three years, and, and I needed to. And when I began to do it, it was amazing what happened. You, you ready? We need to push back when we're tested in the wilderness. And push back means there's something you need to do. You need to resist all that oppression and all that despair and all that trouble. You need to do something. You've got to push back at it and say, I'm not going to take this anymore, Right? But you don't push back like you would when someone slaps you in the face and you slap them back. No, 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 this is different. So let me talk to you about some of the different ways. Here's the first one. We push back by rejoicing and giving thanks. And that is amazing. And that was difficult for me to do because, you know, during the split, and it went on for three years, and, and then it went on a little longer after the three years, there's nothing to be happy about. I used to receive at least one letter a week, sometimes three, and the letters would read, hey, we're leaving. You're not going to see us anymore. And a lot of people told me off, and some people told me the church was going to fail. Some people would come in and tell that to you to your face, you know? And it's like, that's, that's not rejoiceable, right? It's like, I can't rejoice with that. And, and so I remember coming in on, on Tuesdays thinking, what, what letter am I going to have to read this week, you know? And then God just took me. And you know, isn't that how your problems are? They just face you. They stare at your face, whatever they are, physical, financial, relations, they just stare at you and gnaw, right? And, and I remember coming in thinking, What's gonna, what kind of problem am I going to hear today, right? And God said, Joe, I need you to rejoice and I need you to give thanks. I'm like, I don't know if I can do that. And then, of course, I knew it, but I, I just, you don't remember it when you're being knocked on your fanny, right? And I realized, oh, I can rejoice over what Jesus has done, what Jesus promised he will do. I can give thanks for what he has done. And it was amazing what happened to me spiritually when I began to use those muscles. Here's the scripture. You ready? 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Always be joyful. That means all the time. That, that's during the, the trials. Now, understand, God wants to grow us 
when trouble surrounds us, but a part of the growth is pushing back and saying, I'm not gonna become oppressed. I'm not gonna become depressed. I'm not letting this thing get me down. I'm gonna be joyful. I can't rejoice over this. I surely won't rejoice over this, but I'm gonna rejoice over what Jesus has done. Then it goes on and says, never stop praying. We're gonna talk about that next. And then verse 18, be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will of God for uh, God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. I'm getting so excited. I'm not reading straight, right? But guys, I remember just saying, you know what? Oppression's everywhere. You know what? I'm gonna just give thanks to God. I'm just gonna worship God and I'm gonna rejoice and I'm gonna thank him for what he has done, what he promised he would do and what he promised he does when we're in trouble. You know, he's the God that delivers us and I would just thank him and, and I rejoice. I'm telling you, the spiritual muscles that built were amazing. And it brought me into a place of peace and freedom. But the, the next three are the more, they're more difficult than this. They're like going in a weight room and, and taking 500 pounds and pressing it over your, uh, over your head. It's tough for a bench press with 500 pounds. And here it is, you ready? Push back by loving, praying for, and forgiving others. You know what? Whenever we have a trouble, there's someone that we call the villain. Isn't that true? And I had a few folks, more than a few, that I felt were villains, you know? And, and, and so God began to deal with me through scripture. Joe, you need to pray for them. You need to love them and you need to forgive them. And I'm like, God, I can't. I can't. They need to repent first. You know, sometimes it's that. Or, or sometimes God's the villain. Why did you let me down, God? You know, whoever. whoever. But guys, uh, listen, here's what I've learned. And, and I, I do it all the time now. I've been doing it for almost a decade now, getting close to a decade now. Listen, guys, I had to pray for people before I could love and forgive them. And there's something amazing about you and I praying for someone. Did you notice I said pray for, not against, right? God, get them. <laughs> Show them, Lord. Judge them. And, and so, no, no, no. It's praying for them. And, and it was so difficult to do at first, but I just said, I'm going to do it. I found the, the blessing prayers in the Bible, and I began to pray those blessings over their life, that God would bless every aspect of their life and bless their family and their kids and everything. And I'm telling you, after about a week of that, I, I began to be able to love them. If I saw them in a grocery store or a restaurant, I wouldn't think, did they see me? I'm gonna get to the other aisle. I don't wanna talk to them. I'm still mad at them. And, and no, I'd go up and I'd be able, can't do that now. Now I'd have to give them an elbow, but I could give them a handshake, give them a hug. How you doing? It was amazing. But it all started with praying for them. Then I could love them. Then I could easily forgive them. Here's the scripture. This is a good one. All our notes, everything on PowerPoint is available. Go to believers.cc. You can click notes. Uh, Matthew 5, 43 through 45. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you or do anything bad to you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. So he's saying, I need you to act like God. Why? Because God grows us when troubles surround us. And he's saying, I will grow you. So if Jesus appeared to me, let's say he appears to me tonight. He's never appeared to me, but doubt that he ever will. But let's say that he appeared to me tonight. He said, Joe, I can take you back 11 years and I'll take you back and I can make it like this never happened. I would say, no, 
I don't want that to happen. But don't get me wrong, Jesus. I don't want to deal with another one like this. I don't want any additional big things. But no, I don't want to do that. Because Jesus, I had so many rough edges knocked off me. And, and I have spiritually grown and become something I wasn't. And I can love people like I've never loved them before. Jesus, no, no, I don't want to not go through it. Again, I don't want, to, I don't want, I don't want any extra ones, but I'm so glad I went through it because working these principles allowed God to grow me. And I know right now, I want to pray, guys, don't stick with me. I want to pray for you. Um, some of you are going through some really tough times. Some of it is COVID connected. And that, that brought a lot of trouble, didn't it? Still is, right? Um, some of your problems have nothing to do with COVID. Some of you are dealing with physical issues. Some of you are dealing with financial issues that were here before COVID. Some of you are dealing with relationship issues. And we're all going through some tough times, right? At different times in our life. Sometimes we're okay. There's a season of peace. We're on a mountaintop. But we all go through valleys. And some of you are going through valleys right now. I want to pray for you. And I'd like everyone else to help. Would you join with me in this prayer? Let's, let's close our eyes. Let's pray. Father, I did my best to teach this, these incredible principles. They walked me through. They, they stopped me from having a nervous breakdown. They enabled me to do what you've called me to do. And, and Lord, I just pray now for everyone listening. And Lord, my prayer is this, that you would flood all of us with grace, your ability that supersedes our ability, and help all of us walk through what we're walking through. But Lord, give us a grace to rejoice and give thanks. Powerful spiritual exercise. It grows us. And Lord, give us a grace to love, pray for, and forgive. And Lord, we just thank you for giving us those that grace to do what we need to do. And I just pray your peace and your grace upon your people. And I thank you for energizing all your people, Lord. And guys, I'm gonna make an invitation and you may think I don't need this, but could you stick, stick, can you stick on till I'm finished and pray for the people that are about ready to respond? Because this is a big deal right now. And if you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever, you're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or to hell, I wanna take a moment and speak to you. At 19 years old, that's when I, I, I repented of all my sin and accepted Jesus and decided to walk with him. And it was because a man came in my life and began to talk to me about him. And, and I know people have come across your path. I know that I'm not the first one, but I'm gonna say to you, why not make it today that you accept Jesus Christ as your savior? I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. I'm not asking you to leave your church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized as a baby or an adult, all great things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day in your life when you prayed and you accepted Jesus Christ as your savior? Can you remember that day? Because if you can't, then, then you need to. That's how we go to heaven. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to God unless they go through me. Jesus said, whoever, whoever accepts me as their savior, I will save their soul. Yeah, he said those things. And, and right now, if you're listening, you say, I can't remember a day when I did that, but maybe God's opened your heart and you say, I'm ready. I'd like you to pray with me right now. Everyone else, those of you guys, thank you for sticking on. Would you, would you help them pray? And would you agree as they pray? And, and, and if you're praying this for the first time, man, God's gonna change your life radically. Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And this day I give my heart to Jesus. 
I repent of all my sins. Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. I believe you're the son of God. I receive you as my savior. And I make a decision this day to follow you. Amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast. Thank you.